Hey, busy business people. I am here today with another entrepreneur taking action, Laura Reese. Laura overcame addiction and being laid off to run her own business and use her talents to help other businesses grow too. And I'm getting the scoop on how she did it. So to kick things off a little bit here, Laura, like I don't want to dwell on your history too much, but you had some experiences that shaped you. I feel like we all do, but like on your journey, you got laid off. You had to decide to get sober before you could get to where you are now. That's a big choice and it's not an easy one. Like, what do you think gave you the strength to do it? The motivation? Like, you know, it was a, the, let's start with the sobriety. I was in a, a job that was a terrible fit for me and I wouldn't say that I don't even think of myself as being an alcoholic, um, but I was always kind of the person that would have that glass of wine with you and maybe always have one more than everybody else, but it never seemed like a huge problem. However, when I was in this job that was a terrible fit for me, I was miserable. And so my just drinking just started accelerating to the point where I felt like it was becoming a problem and it was starting to affect you know, just my performance in not just in my job and in my life overall. And I knew that I needed to get rid of that to create some space for myself. So part of the journey was just realizing that you don't have to be an alcoholic. You don't have to go to rehab. You don't have to hit rock bottom to be somebody that can make a choice to stop drinking. And it's really tough because it's everywhere in our society, which you really start to realize when you decide to stop drinking. You know, there's a new brewery opening up all the time. You know, friends, you know, pre-pandemic, friends are always saying, let's go to happy hour, whatever. So um, it was just a real journey to come to grips with the fact that I didn't have to have a, a diagnosed problem to make that better choice for myself. So what was funny about that was, this job that I was in that was so detrimental for my mental health. Um, I got sober and I was trying so hard to find a different job. And I was, you know, doing so much research, doing outreach to companies without having, you know, they didn't have jobs open, but I would just send in a resume and a letter that would say, here's how I can help your company. And I was getting zero response and it was debilitating. And then I got laid off from that job that I was in, which at the time seemed really devastating, but was actually the greatest thing that ever happened to me because that freed me up to then say, well, I might as well just try this on my own. Um, you know, like I am taking it as a sign from the universe that no one ever got back to me, even though I crafted all these kick-ass, hey, do you want me to come work for your company emails? So I went out on my own and um, that was, gosh, about three and a half years ago. And it was a great decision. And, you know, being sober has given me the space and the energy to make being on my own work for me really well. Well, and I love how you put that too, because it's like, you didn't have to have the label of being an alcoholic. You didn't have to have like a diagnosis. You didn't have to wait to hit rock bottom. Cause like, maybe it's not alcohol, but I feel like a lot of us, we have our things, right? We have the things that we know are sabotaging our ability to do more and be more. And we kind of just like, well, it's not really hurting me that bad. You know what I mean? Then we kind of put it off. So it's like, I think that 
those are some really key takeaways in what you just said. Now, how do you think those experiences kind of helped you as you started your own business? Like you had to kind of pick yourself up and make a change. You had to look at getting laid off in a different light. You know, how do you think some of that stuff kind of helped you as you dove into, you know, building a business? It's so relevant. I mean, quitting drinking for one thing was tough and I had to look at several different solutions. I had to do a lot of research. I did everything I could, you know, I tried meditating every hour. I tried yoga. I like anything that looked like it might help. I tried it. And I think that you need to bring that same mindset as an entrepreneur. Like, you know, what is going to work for your business? How, you know, can you try a different style of ads? Can you try a different style of content? Just this experimentation and this understanding that there's not one silver bullet that's going to just solve everything for you. I mean, I wish that were true, but what I found in my journey to sobriety, which was kind of like a nine month process from the time that I really committed myself to the time that I was completely sober forever, it's just a process and a journey and a figuring out. And it's so hokey to say, but and I mean, like such a bumper sticker, but it is really who you become <laughs> while you're figuring it out and not who you are at the end. You know what I mean? Like, it's not yep. like you just make this decision. And you're like, no, I'm a perfect person. No, it's the same thing with entrepreneurship. You're like, I'm going to do, you know, X, Y, Z tactic. Now my business is perfect. That never happens. Yep. You know, it is chipping away at it day after day after day. And I think that, you know, another thing is just the the whole label thing and the perspective of getting laid off. Like you can look at things as something bad that happened to you, um, but you don't have to. Like it's always your decision to make. And so when you're looking at things that maybe didn't go the way that you wanted them to go in your business, how can you just flip that perspective? And not because it's some... Um, you know, new age energy thing to do, but because it puts your mind in a better energy to then address and solve that problem and move on. So the better you are at taking a problem and saying, okay, like I'm this, this sucks. This is disappointing, but all right, how am I going to move forward from this? The more quickly that you can do that in your business, the more successful you're going to be and the faster you're going to be able to move ahead. I think there's so much truth to that, especially nowadays. I mean, like we had a lot of like infopreneurs out in the world telling us the magic pills, but then I feel like when COVID happened, that just went poof. You know, it's like where there was a few big players at the game. Now there's so many people and they're all telling you like, this is the thing you need to fix your business. This is the magic pill that's going to make it all better. And I see so many people that are investing so much money and so much time so much. And it's really not the magic pill. It's the process. It's being willing to experiment. It's being willing to change things, look at it from a different light. I think yeah. there's so much good in what you just said. So it's like, I hope everybody's kind of picking that up, rewind, listen again. It was really good stuff there. Now, I know now you've moved into helping other businesses with their marketing, but specifically, you focused in on helping people with their branding, helping them find their voice. Like, why do you think that part is so important? Well, what's really important about having a defined brand foundation is because it, A, it sets you apart from anyone else. So if you're giving us, if you are telling a different story every time you go in front of an audience, people don't know what to think and they probably don't even notice you. Because people need to hear something over and over and over before it becomes memorable to them. You know, I always tell my clients that you need to figure out what your one thing is. So even if you have 
10,000 services. If you and I just meet for the first time and I'm a stranger to you, even though I want to tell you about all the ways that I can help you, you don't want to hear that right yet. <laughs> you just want to hear my 15 second, this is the thing that I do because then you can move on through life, but you'll remember that one thing. It's so much easier to remember one thing than five things. So that's part of building your brand is just being, just getting yourself that clarity of that repeatable message that people can hear over and over and over so that they know exactly what you do and how you can help them. It's like you almost need to bring your label back at that point. I know that's something that I've seen. It's very powerful. Like I started having people call me the content queen and now started getting dubbed that. And that's how I get introduced when people are making recommendations stuff to me. But it's like, once I, they put that label on me themselves, now it became easier for them to know like, oh, this is something related to content. I should contact Christina or like, hey, somebody's trying to struggle to do something with content. They don't even know if I do the specific thing they're struggling, but they know if it's content related, there's a good chance. Absolutely. And you do way more than content, but that is the door that people find you through. And once you have them in here, into your house, <laughs> then you can welcome them to all of your other you know, products and services. But just having that one thing to be known for. I mean, I always tell people, like, think about Starbucks. What is Starbucks known for? Coffee, right? Do they do so much more than coffee, right? Pastries and lunch food and, and refreshers and tea. Like, you know, but they're still just known for that one thing. Yep. I mean, they're basically known for, like, customized coffee. They're not like a generic coffee shop. They're like a high-end, you know, custom coffee shop. And it's like, that's kind of their whole shtick. It's like, I keep telling people that all the time. It's like, if you can figure out what kind of your, like your one thing is like, it's so powerful because the people can remember you. It's like, I've never thought about it, like wording it the exact way that you put it, but I always keep telling people like, you need to like, and I try and put labels on them. I'm like, Oh, you're the event guy, you know, or you're a growth coach or you're like, and they're like, well, no, but I do so much more than that. And it's so scary. They're so afraid to be like, under the one label, but like you said, it's a gateway drug. It's like, <laughs> if they can get to you for the one thing, then you have more stuff and you can talk to them then and they trust you for the one thing. So I love how you put that. Now I know I stalked you online pretty extensively before our interview here because there's so much good stuff. One of the things that you had that kind of, it, it resonated with me really well because it also aligns with our purpose here at ETA. You said that the business owning spectrum had two extreme ends. One where you're in control, doing what you want to do, living your best life. And then the other where your hours are out of hand and every day is a work day. And you know, like that's our whole thing at ETA, right? Is to help people build a business that enables their lifestyle instead of taking over their life. So I just want to give you an open opportunity to elaborate on that. Yeah. You know, I think that when you start your own business, you have a lot of passion for it and you're really excited and certainly you don't do it unless you just really have this burning desire because it's pretty hard work. I do think that that can accelerate to becoming the worst boss that you ever had. You know, <laughs> like holding these crazy expectations for yourself, thinking that you need to do all the work yourself, um, having really a lot of difficulty relinquishing control over things, um, wanting to have your hands in everything. I think at that extreme end, your life becomes miserable. And the whole reason, just as you said, the whole reason that you wanted to start a business in that first place becomes kind of moot because you're just spending 12 hours a day, seven days a week working. Um, so I love that when you 
really have your brand defined and you know part of that is your mission and who you're serving when you know what that stuff is then you can communicate that not only to the audience that you serve but also as you can bring in some help and those people can then get on board with that brand message they'll know what you do they'll know why we do it and that then makes it a lot easier um, for you to start to delegate some stuff. The other thing that I think the, that brand plays a powerful role in us not letting our lives take over our businesses, that the more that we have defined our brand, the more that we have defined the exact person we want to serve. And I'm not just saying like, you know, a mom who's 30 years old and likes to read you know, Family Circle magazine. I mean, like, a person that appreciates what you do, a person that you know needs the specific thing that you have from kind of like a social, um, uh, like a psychographic perspective. Yep. The more that you can work directly with that person, the happier your life is going to be and the more you can say no to the people that aren't a good fit. And that is also going to pull your business back from the brink of misery, right? When you spend more time doing the things that you love to do, working with the people that you love to work with, that you can get the best results for. Well, that is such a powerful thing too. Like, and I think some people that are listening to this that haven't gotten to that point where you only work with people that you like, like you don't really understand how powerful that is until you've done it. I mean, I know there was a point in life in my business, I literally fired over 30 clients. Like I found other people to send them to. So I wasn't just like, this is by like, you know, I, I did, you know, transfer them over responsibly, but I got rid of 30 clients because they just weren't who I wanted to work with. They didn't fit well. I found other people that they did fit well with. And talk but, to us about like the weight that just felt lifted off of your shoulders. After oh yeah. Time. It was scary and it was terrifying. But like one of the eye openers for me was my staff said, thank you. And it was like, what do you, huh? It's like, they were miserable because I had let toxic energy into the business and not necessarily toxic. Like these weren't necessarily bad clients. There's maybe one or two that were, but they just didn't fit. They, they didn't drive well. They were, you know, not able to be themselves around these people, you know, because I hire people for culture fit. They fit with me. They fit with the business. They fit for my goal for the business. But then I handed clients to them that they didn't fit with. And it's like, because I didn't want to work with them. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, you just don't realize how powerful that is. And I think something else you just said too, like having, you know, your brand really refined and knowing who you help, it helps you communicate that to your staff. And I mean, it's like, even like intellectually, I know all this, but I had the same issue too with my team over at Content Ninjas. We've got about 30, 35 writers over there um, at any given time at the moment. And I realized that a lot of them didn't really know who, we, who our clients actually were. They didn't understand what they do and where we fit. And it's like, I figured it out pretty quickly. Thank goodness. And we addressed that, but it was still, it's, it's something you don't really realize. And the quality of the work they were able to do just leapt because they understood why they were doing it. Yes. They understood when you how understand the why it's so much more powerful. You know, we, I, I have kids and they're obviously in school and when they, and they're so practical, like when they take a class that shows them the application for the knowledge that they are learning. They do so much better at it than yep. something that's more theoretical. And I, I think it's the same in our work life. You know what I mean? When you understand why you're doing a task, what, what higher purpose that serves, who is that helping, you know, how are you serving? When you know that, it makes it so much easier to get that work done. 
Well, there's so much overlap, I feel like, between like running a household and running a business. Like I started applying business principles to the household <laughs> and it started working a lot better. You know, and I think, you know, what you said, that application thing, I mean, I know that's super true for me. I mean, like my son, even he's, you know, just finished his 10th grade year. He's supposed to be going to 11th this year. He's 16. And he's like, I don't understand the point in high school. Like we had a conversation at the end of last year and he's like, I'm not learning anything applicable. He's like, this is pointless. It's like, what are my other options? And I was like, well, GD and get a job. I mean, that's an option. I was like, but you got to really know what you want for your life. And if that makes sense for your life. And he, we had very serious conversations. That's what he did. He's literally back here helping produce podcast episodes and stuff for me. Um, and he's going that route and pursuing his GED. It's non-traditional, but he couldn't see the application to high school. And I really couldn't help right. him with it. Right. I, mean, I was a high school dropout. I dropped out my senior year and now look at me like, I'm fine. So it's like, as long as you have a plan and you're willing to dig in, like you can go mm -hmm. a non-traditional route. I feel like, that's something a lot of businesses don't think about. If you're really true to like who your voice is, who you want to serve, who you want to work with, you don't have to go the same route everybody else is going. And a lot it's of times so the best thing for your customers is not the normal. I mean, like, look at you, like, you know, you identified as a marketing agency, but at the same time, like you niched in, you're focusing on branding, you know, yeah. which is a really core aspect to marketing yeah. that so many people just kind of gloss over, but you're like, no, no, wait. <laughs> and, you know, back to what you just said about your son doing what he wanted to do and really taking a hard look at that. I think that we also sometimes overlook that in our businesses. Like we have a service that we offer because it's just the thing that everyone does or it makes us a lot of money. Like, but we hate it. And sometimes I think that we don't give ourselves permission or we don't understand or, we, you know, we don't even just process that. We don't have to be doing that. We can look at our business and say, oh, well, here are the things I really like doing. And maybe I can build my offers around those things instead of, you know, the stuff that I hate that feels like a chore to get through. Yeah. And I mean, there's so many opportunities nowadays because other people are doing the same thing. They're niching into different areas. Yeah. I mean, it's like you take marketing, you need an army to do marketing the right way. You need people that specialize in all kinds of different things from like content to graphics, to branding, to helping people like the strategy component to funnels. Like you don't have to do it all yourself, especially if there's pieces you don't want. Yes. Like it is so easy to form partnerships with somebody. Like I was on a call with Kostam Islam the other day and he was talking about JV partnerships in a whole new way that I'd never thought about. Like he was, you know, talking about how like one guy, um, he built a marketing agency for Montessori schools and he partnered with a guy that was a principal at one of the Montessori schools. So the guy's not actually like on the business as a partner, but he gets a percentage of the revenue and he consults and helps them do the right things and helps them plan their marketing materials. It was really pretty cool. It's so smart. Um, yeah, it's just a non-traditional way of approaching partnerships with other businesses, but it's just kind of like look at what's mutually beneficial. Mm -hmm. Like if you have one part of the thing you do that you love, it's so easy to go find someone else that does the other part and it's what they love. And then you just work together. You serve the client right. at the highest level. I and mean, there's just so many opportunities to do different things that I think people I think don't think people about. people can make things easier on themselves. Like, so like we, we always want to do things the hardest way or it feels like we're not doing, you know, it feels like we're not doing good work if it's not taking a lot out of us. But I don't think that's always true. I think we can yeah. do the things that we love. Well, and I mean, it's that whole, you end up getting really good at it. 
You know, it's like if you focus in on one part and you get really good at it, not only are you, you know, clients can understand what you do easier, but, you know, you start doing a better job at it. You're doing it all the time. You know, it just makes it so much better. So, like, I know one of the things that I saw that you put out there had three rookie branding mistakes. Like, I want to give you an opportunity to speak to those because I thought it was really powerful. And one of them was your brand reflecting you and not your customer your brand having multiple personalities and then your brand being afraid to repel. And I feel like we danced around those three, mm-hmm. but like, can you elaborate on some of that a little bit? Like, what do you mean by your brand reflecting you and not your customer? So one of the biggest mistakes that I always see people making, even experienced people, and I even have to check myself on this is um, leading with attributes instead of benefits. And what I mean by that is an attribute is what we offer and a benefit is what our customer gets. So I mean, like, let's think about a ubiquitous example of like McDonald's. McDonald's um, offers food, but people don't really buy McDonald's for the food. I mean, maybe kindergartners do, but like most of us, we buy McDonald's because it is high value and highly convenient, right? That's the benefit that we get out of working with McDonald's. So when we are doing any kind of brand marketing communications, we want to lead with the benefit to the customer. We want to zero in on what the customer cares about. Why are they coming to you? Not, I have a course, not, I have a coaching program, program, not, I have, you know, a phone case. Like why are those things important to the customer and leading with that and then following up with, Oh wow, you need this thing. You need this benefit. You have this problem here's how my offer can solve that. Or here's what I have that can serve you in that way. So that's the first big thing. Um, The second thing is just the consistency. Like if your brand has multiple personalities, and this is what we talked about at the top of this episode, is if you are saying a different thing every time you show up, if you are using a different color, if you are using a different photography style, it becomes confusing for people if they're trying to follow you. And it becomes difficult for people to remember you because if you always show up differently, you know, you're in a sea of other people trying to capture their attention. So the more consistent you can be, the more people are going to, um, to be able to remember you. And then finally, just this idea of repelling similar to what we talked about niching down and people don't want to make a commitment to, their one thing. They don't want to make a commitment to serving one specific type of customer. And I understand that. And I have hundred percent felt that myself. If you think about, you know, like picture yourself in a crowd of people and you say, Hey, you, like, you're not going to get that many people to really pay attention. But if I said, Hey, Christina, like everybody named Christina is going to turn around and be like, Oh, yes. You know, so it's kind of, that's the similar way. If I say, Hey, you buy my product, (laughs) like that's just not as compelling or resonant with people as if I can say, you know, Hey, professional um, service-based business that has a lot of experience. I think you would be a really good fit to start using social video in your content to start attracting the types of clients that you love working with the most. You know, it's just so, it talks to that specific person and it, you know, if you have a product-based business, it's probably not going to resonate with you. That's okay. There's enough service-based businesses in the world for me to serve (laughs) with that statement that it's okay if I 
I'm leaving some people out. Yeah, well, and I think a lot of things happen unintentionally that like until I actually made the choice to niche down to one of my businesses, I didn't realize the power of it. Like I knew it clarified your marketing messages and I'd heard the whole spiel, but then I actually did it and it was like, okay, well, my marketing got easier to create for yes. one. I didn't agonize over my messaging. Like everything I said just got easier to put out there. It was a lot clearer, but internally everything got a lot easier too. So I started being able to like content ninjas is one of my most scalable companies and it was built from the ground up designed to scale. That was the point was to serve as many agencies as we could at the highest level we could and help them, you know, be an unlimited source of copywriting for all of their clients. Um, and it's a big, that's a big order to be able to do that. But internally, once we niched down into just working with agencies, it got a lot easier because we know their pain points. We know what they need. We know like, Hey, this is a pain point we see consistently. Can we help with that? You know, it's like, well, yes, we can. And like 80% of our clients are going to benefit from us learning how to, you know what I mean? Like, and it just, it all gets so much easier internally and externally. Yeah. I mean, people make people buy things that solve a problem for them, which sometimes I think we forget about that, right? We just want to put out a product because we think it seems like a good idea that nobody, you know, once there, no one has that need, but you know, what you're saying is that, you know, this audience so well that anytime a new pain point comes up, you can proactively say, okay, wow, a lot of people are struggling with that. How can I solve that problem? Which not only increases your revenue, but also deepens your relationship with those customers because they know you're looking out for how you can help them because ultimately what you're, what you're providing them is something that helps them be more successful as well. Yeah. Like you can only execute a tactic once you know the benefit that it's going to solve. Like I've known forever, I wanted to write a book and I wanted to publish a course and create a mastermind group and all that, but I had no idea when I wanted to make it on. Well, it's like now pain points start emerging. Agencies are struggling with strategy, helping clients figure out what to write about, what content to produce. And that pain point keeps happening consistently. And it's like, well, I know how to do that. You know, so it's like creating courses and books and mastermind. All oh, that's easy now. And it's like, I already know exactly what the pain points are and I can solve it. So I'm not creating, I'm not wasting time on things that might not matter. I'm yeah. putting all that energy into something that I know has an audience already. And it's like being, you know, not being afraid to repel people like that matters. Like, and we don't even work with all agencies. And you know, we made a decision to say agencies that sell results to their clients. Not the ones that are like, we're just going to write, you know, two blog articles a month just because content is yay. Like, but the ones that are like, we want to make our clients look good. We want to position them as authorities. We want to have a meaningful impact on their business. Like, so it's like, you really have to look at not just an industry dish, you know, but like personality traits, who makes a good fit. If you had to spend all day, every day working with that type of person, what do they look like? And if you're happy you're going to keep them happy. I think there's just, there's so much power in everything that you're saying. It's like, as soon as I started picking around on your website, I got so excited for this interview. <laughs> well, you know, when you think about um, identifying your ideal, like your perfect fit client, which is a lot of what we're talking about right now, I think, you know, what you said is so relevant that it's not just these, you know, it's not just an agency. It's an agency who does something specific, right? An agency that has these kind of, character traits like they want to really get results for their business i had i had a dietitian client we were working together to build her brand and i we were talking about ideal clients she said you know i just don't really know it's like sometimes i help people that have 
celiac disease and sometimes I help people that want to lose weight and she had just kind of all these different like dietary restrictions and she's like I don't know where I want to focus that and I said well let's put that aside for a second and just tell me about the clients that you've worked with that you've loved working with the most and could get the best results for like what did they have in common and she said well it seems kind of silly but they were all people that really appreciated my work and really were motivated to make a change um, because sometimes people just get prescribed like from their doctor like you have to go see the dietitian and I mean she had the she had the um, good I mean she had been in business for a while so she had a lot of clientele that she could you know pick and choose from and I said well I, it's not ridiculous that you want somebody to appreciate what you do like maybe those are maybe that's your ideal client the person that's motivated to make a change and, and appreciates the fact that you're an expert. And she made that, I mean, that's a tiny change for her and her business to pre-screen people based on that instead of like their dietary restrictions. But once she started doing that, making that small change, she got more business than she had before. And she was way happier in her business because she's only working with the people she loved working with. Yep. Well, I mean, you can't undercut that either, like being happy in your business. It's like, that sounds kind of like a hokey thing to some people and some people don't like the woo-woo stuff, but it's like when you're happier in your business, it has a cascading effect. You know, it's like your employees are happier, your clients are happier, your family's happier. You're like, it has a cascading impact on your life well, where a lot more positive as well. Yep. Which is a and, huge problem for entrepreneurs, I think. Oh yeah. Huge problem. I talk to people all the time that are like, they're working around the clock. Their brain is never off. And it's like, but if you actually enjoy it, that's okay. It if you like enjoy work. it and it doesn't interfere on other aspects of your life, go for it. But it's like, you never know when it's going to start interfering with other aspects of your life. Like I talk to entrepreneurs all the time. They're like, oh, well, I don't mind so much taking my laptop with me on vacation or, you know, I don't mind answering messages through my phone when I'm doing something. I'm like, okay, but what if something real happens? What if an emergency happens? What if you've built this environment where you can't even step away for a day and somebody, you have a death in the family? Or you have an emergency and you are not available. And all you're going to get that whole time is being bombarded with messages about, hey, where are you? Why aren't you answering? Because you've trained people to that. It's like, you know, you just never know when life is going to happen. And what's okay now isn't always going to be like, you can't build that world for yourself True. where 12 and 14 hour days are totally okay for eternity. And we're answering every message is okay. Like I started blocking two weeks out on my schedule. Every week when I do my weekly planning, this week and next week are blocked. They're locked down, basically. No more appointments. That is it. Because I couldn't focus. I couldn't plan. It was distracting. Yeah. So it's like, that seemed like a huge thing. Like, oh, I'm going to get so many missed appointments. I mean, but no, they can message me. And if I want to let them in on my calendar, I can let people in. The ones, you know, clients and stuff like that if I need to. But I try and limit right. that and don't do that very often. Setting boundaries knowing who you want to work with. It's just it's so freeing. And it's like, I know people are listening to this and they're maybe still having reservations and they're still going, but, 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 but nothing. Everything she's saying is really good advice. Just try it. Try <laughs> it, it out. <laughs> yep. It's like, it's one of those things like it may feel uncomfortable to start with, but like you just kind of have to do it. And then you'll see why it's like, if you don't understand it at the front end, do it you'll understand it on the back end like it just you just have to do it 
Um, speaking of how awesome you are and all this good advice, this is a great segue into who do you like to work with? What do you do? And if somebody wants to just hire you to do it and just steal your expertise, where do they go? <laughs> so um, I work with um, service-based professionals who are looking to build up their brands, specifically using social video. And so um, they can go from like what I call an anonymous expert. Like they're putting out, like they ha have all this knowledge, but nobody knows about it. And moving from that to being a star in their fields and start attracting the types of clients that they love working with the most. So people can, uh, they can work with me uh, by going to my website, lreese.com, so L-R-E-E-S.com. And we can work one-on-one -on -one together. I have a one-to-one -one coaching program or we, I have a program called Social Video Ace, which is like a group program that takes you from defining your brand to learning how to message that and putting that out on social video, putting together a platform and then systematizing that so that it becomes really easy to scale that. Yeah, I jotted down that word anonymous expert. Like that right there is a very powerful little two do you words. Feel that? Yes, I do. Cause it's like, it is so true, especially the people that are afraid to get on video they are, they really are like best case scenario. If they're putting out blog content or something, they've got their little author bio, but I see so many people don't even have that. They don't have like their photo and their name and like who they are on the content that they're putting out. They're not putting videos out in the world. They maybe have like their brand on their social media pages or LinkedIn and they're publishing crazy, awesome stuff. Yeah. Like sometimes there's some really good nuggets of information, but yeah, you don't connect them to the person because they're, they're being an anonymous expert. I jotted that down. I'm going to, I'm going to steal that phrase from you. So there's many also, times. There's a frustration too, when you, when you're an anonymous expert and you like, let's say you're scrolling through Instagram and you see somebody else doing a thing that you do. And maybe you even feel like you can deliver that better and you see this person getting all this attention for it and you, it's just such a frustrating feeling. So we want to move yep. away from that to feeling like you're getting recognized for the experience and the expertise that you have. Yep. I mean, there's, everybody has got their unconscious capabilities, their superpowers, and when you don't use those, leverage those and put them out into the world, yeah, I mean, you just, you might as well just be this faceless expert from like, you know, a textbook that we read in school, you know, who knows who that author is. They did a lot of effort, a lot of work, a lot of research, a lot of good stuff happening in the textbooks, but we don't know who they are. We don't care who they are. That's a bad place to be in as a business owner. Yeah. <laughs> it's very powerful little two words. <laughs> well, and the, you know, the thing about showing up on video too, is that it lets people know you so quickly. There's no faster way to make a connection with people. You know, like just from, if people listen to our conversation, they get a good sense of who I am. They get a good sense of who you are. And now people feel more connected to us. Like they know us, they know we have kids, yep. you know, they know some of our personal, some personal facts about us. You don't get that just from a photograph on Instagram. No, you don't even get it from just like producing blog articles and stuff like that. And I do a lot of blog articles. I have a whole content company. We write a lot of content, but there's still a level to that, that you just don't quite get if you don't do at least a quick video to go with your content. Like it's just, it's powerful. It's really, that's why we do these episodes with video too. Like this will be up on YouTube. I can take snippets and put it out on social media, all that kind of stuff. We do upload the audio to podcasts because podcast networks are just audio, but 
always get the video because there's so much power in the video. Yes. And I love how you are repurposing it across different um, applications. You know, the other thing too, of the, sometimes people get nervous about being on video. They're afraid that they'll be stiff or whatever. I think that when you are talking about something that you are an expert in and you're really passionate about, you've seen how it can work for people. And when you can make that connection with clients, that starts to come through. I mean, some of it's practice, but honestly, when you're talking about something that you love, your area of expertise, that passion reads across that camera. Yeah, it does. It's, and you just kind of got to get over it. I mean, I know me and you were talking before this call and I mean, it's like, I just threw a little business jacket over like a pajama outfit. Y'all like, you don't have to be fancy to show up. Like I brushed my hair, put some little clippies on my ears. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to be fancy to show up and be on video. And if you, if I wouldn't have said that, nobody would have noticed. So I just kind of outed myself Absolutely. a bit there. But I mean, like, there's never been a better time to do video. It used to be like when I started my career, we had to do, you had to spend $20,000 and we had to bring in a crew and we had to light it and we had to do professional audio and we had to do a script. I mean, not that you shouldn't script your stuff, but you know, now if you have your phone or your laptop, you can make video content. It's accessible to every single person. Now it's probably the most accessible thing you can do because you don't even need a designer to help you with graphics or you don't need a photographer. You don't have to have like a stunning backdrop anymore either because everybody's on zoom. Everybody's like doing stuff from their home. I mean like this, I've got a mess going on behind me. Like (laughs) people don't care anymore. Like we're kind of over that. I think it's kind of amazing. It's the but best like, time to build a presence on video, I think. Yeah. Well, and I think you dropped a little nugget in there too. Like you still need a script. I think that's true. It's almost a little too easy to do video now. So some people get on and they just like open up their phone and they're just like, ah, da, 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 and you end up producing crap. Like I have a script for this. I have my questions that I wanted to ask, you know, we can deviate and it's fine. That's cool. But you still have to have. <laughs> you need right. some kind of guiding thing to keep you on track so you don't ramble, you know? And I think that's so important nowadays. And that's where your brand foundation idea. and messaging comes in. Because once you establish that, then that gives you um, three or four things that you're always going to talk about. And you can talk about them in different ways from different perspectives, but you have those things that you're always going to talk about. And then you have endless content once you have those brand foundations in place. I love that. Well, to wrap it up here, because I've held you hostage for like 40 minutes now, like to wrap it up, do you have any advice or tips that you want to share with our audience, like in general? Well, I would just say that if you haven't taken the time to just even define your one thing, define your perfect fit client, and also think about the ultimate benefit that you are bringing to them, not the thing that you offer, but the thing that they're getting then that is absolutely worth sitting down and doing right now. Yeah. And I think there was one thing from digital marketer, I think that made that really understand or easy to understand too, that benefit thing. Uh, Ryan Dice talked about how like maybe you own a lawn company and you mow lawns. That's the thing you do. Right. But what do you really do for people? You give them back their Saturdays. Like that's the real benefit. And I know a lot of people say like, Oh, well I get them more clients. Okay. Well, why? Why do they want more clients? What is that? Well, it helps make them more money. Okay. Well, what do they do with the money? 
like you kind of have to just keep asking until you have this like epiphany moment <laughs> where it's like the more emotional you can get with that I mean that's a perfect example like you get back your Saturdays now you can watch football game with your kid and you're not out there you know wrestling with your lawnmower trying to get it started yeah and you don't dread it all week long you're not getting you know argued with your spouse because they're like when are you gonna get to the yard you know and it's like there's so many facets to that you know depending on where they live they look good in front of their neighbors there's all these other benefits but the real one that hits is i'm gonna give you back your saturdays Mm -hmm. i mean i know that's what my lawn service did my yard just magically stays mowed i don't ever think about it ever great right yeah, they just show up a couple times a month. I happily pay an invoice, and I don't have to think about it at all. <laughs> like, that was one of the biggest, like, advantages to me was it's like you don't even have to, like, call and say, hey, I need my yard done. They show up proactively every two weeks. Like, I don't have, I just literally is like magic grass. It's great, right? <laughs> I mean, and the, so that's someone also that knows their audience, right? They know that you don't want to schedule yep. a time every every time like I'm probably I'm sure that's probably a process that they went through where they were like you know what people just want us to show up every week and do this and not ever have to talk to us again and look at the benefits of their business too Mm -hmm. I mean like they didn't have to feel the whole bunch of calls because like you know if I was calling every two weeks to schedule now they gotta have someone answering the phone they're gonna have people that are trying to schedule different days and they're gonna have to juggle and they can set their own schedule they can say when they're going to what neighborhoods they can do again when we talked about that kind of hidden benefit when you make some decisions about who you want to work with and whatever, like imagine what that did to their dates. Cause they show up and they spend the whole day in my neighborhood. They went to my neighbors and they said, Hey, we're here every two weeks doing your neighbor's yard. Would you like us to do yours while we're here? I think they've got like three or four of my neighbors in my cul-de-sac signed up. They've got like half my cul-de-sac signed up and you know, they're going and doing that everywhere and they don't have to have somebody answer the phone. They don't have to have somebody juggling appointments back and forth. They know what their schedule is every month. Like he can staff appropriately. He can make sure he's got the right equipment. Like there's so many, you know, extra benefits to just really getting clear about that and thinking through what your audience wants. Now, if any of you out there um, have a lawn mowing business, I feel like we've just given you solid gold <laughs> brands and business plans. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because my husband actually has a lawn business, but we still pay someone else because his business is too busy. So he's not the one doing our yard because that guy already had our neighborhood unlocked before my husband opened his lawn business. So it's like there would be no benefit that a guy owns the community. So we just let him keep doing ours. Perfect. (laughs) It's sad a little bit, maybe, but it works. Um, so yeah, that this has been a great call. I have literally held you hostage for so long. I think this is like our second longest interview yet. So I will give you back your Thank day. you for Thank having you me so Christina. much. <laughs> and entrepreneurs, this is your call to take action. Join our community at etatoday.zone and learn how to build a business that enables your lifestyle instead of taking over your life by learning from amazing people like Laura and all of our other experts in the community. So I'll see you there, guys. <laughs>